0: Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hello, everybody. On today's show of Think Yourself Healthy, we have a special guest, Ashley Ray. She is the founder and CEO of Mala Collective. The company works with artisans in Asia, from Bali to India to Nepal, to create products supporting a mindfulness and meditation practice. Merging both authentic practices and beautiful pieces, Mala Collective wants to inspire you to live your mindfulness practice at home and throughout the day. Ashley designs the pieces, such as mala beads, crystal kits, and meditation cushions, by merging tradition and modern-day aesthetic. Since starting Molive Collective in 2011, Ashley has taught meditation across North America, taking med- meditation trainings from LA to New York to India and Bali, and has worked to make meditation and mindfulness more accessible and fun. Thank you, Ashley, so much for being with us today. I'm very excited to have an opportunity to chat with you and bring some value to the listeners so that they can lean in more to their personal development, discover maybe some new mindfulness practices that might relate to them that are user-friendly and not intimidating. So thank you again for being with us.
1: Thank you. And thank you for the introduction. It's always funny to hear um, a little bit about yourself it is (laughs) isn't it it's always that
0: (laughs) thank you it's always that odd like humble moment where you sit back and you're like blushing in a sense like oh this feels really awkward but also (laughs) brings a lot of um sense of accomplishment when you hear someone else speak those words right and you're yeah. receiving that information it, it it just has a little bit of a different impact than you saying you know you're telling everyone what you've done and how you've gotten to this point yeah. so I'm curious tell me a little bit about your journey and what brought you down this pathway with meditation and starting mala collective
1: yeah you know so Entrepreneurship for me was a complete accident. It, it was never um, a journey or a path that I sought out. So uh, I'll give you a little bit of background before I started Mala Collective. I was a journalist and I used to cover murder trials. So it was a very different world to wow. go from, you know, murder to to this meditation, this world of meditation. Um, We're
0: talking two completely different. Yeah central or, you know, two completely different nervous system response constantly being engaged, right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Is it ever? And I remember the first time
1: writing an article about meditation, in a Starbucks and just thinking, oh, this is so much more peaceful. This is so much better. I love this so much more, Um, which, yeah, it does. It doesn't feel like, you know, when you reflect on different versions of your life and different parts of your life, it doesn't even feel like that was me. It feels like a different version of me or a reincarnation of a different time. So I do look back on that time, that experience with so much love and so much gratitude and it's, it is weird, you know, telling my, my story because I appreciate it and I realize it's beautiful and it just, it feels like this funny disassociation of time and person. So mm-hmm. um, so having gone from, from murder trials, my partner and I at the time, we quit our jobs and went backpacking around the world as, as you do in your early 20s. And we ended up in Bali and we fell in love with these mala beads. and we were flying from Bali to Thailand. And this beautiful lady came up to us on the flight and said, oh, I love your aura can I sit and talk to you? And, you know, fast forward the conversation, she ends up being the woman that made the beads that we had bought and that we were wearing on that plane. And I know just how serendipitous. And um, she told us, my guru told me to get these beads to the West. The more people that wear them, the more the world will be at peace, but the West needs peace the most. And we said, well, you know, we're from in the West, we dig peace, <laughs> just so nonchalant. Um, wrote her phone number, email, name down in a book called Screw It, Let's Do It by Richard Branson, which is oh, wow. even more apt. Uh, we got home a couple months later, found this book. Like, Oh yeah, that beautiful hippie woman with that lovely lovely energy. Let's help her out. And that's how it started. So if wow. if anybody had have ever told me, you know, nine years later, this is what life's gonna look like. This is what it's gonna be. And And I say that story, uh, it is bizarre because it is like a movie. It doesn't feel real. And I do receive that feedback often of Ashley, I just wish something would fall on my lap like it did for you. Mm -hmm. And I, and I hear that and I understand that. And I guess the only caveat I would, I would add to that version that, you know, that experience, that version of starting a business is, um, one, it's been followed by nine years of hustle and, you know, limiting self beliefs and tears and cash flow and HR and you know all of these unsexy things. Where that is such a beautiful stand up at a sexy moment. Um, and then secondly, I think we all have moments like this in our daily lives. But we're not always open to receiving it. Mm-hmm. So that moment of being open to receiving this experience—how many people do you meet in a day that could change your life and you could change theirs? Mm-hmm. How many serendipitous—you know, if you want to call it a too good to be true moment—happen to you in your week, in your month mm-hmm. that we don't follow through with? That was our our choice in that moment to follow through. Um, but it just makes me more reflective and more aware of. You know i meant to meet this person here today i meant to sit beside this person uh, at this dinner i meant to you know all of these experiences just putting a little bit of love into the intention of that experience mm-hmm. i feel we can
0: all have them so that's, that's the, the the addition to the story I just wanted to throw in there. because Yeah, it is no, that's a beautiful. Experience. And I appreciate you sharing the transparency because the realities, you know, entrepreneurship is not an easy road. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. of up, ups and downs. And I think for me personally, detaching from outcome expectations have been one of the most beneficial things for me to keep picking myself back up when we're in those low moments and we have those big blows. I know for myself early on, um, after starting my private practice and becoming an entrepreneur, I ended up losing $20,000 in a business Mm. marketing deal that I had made and I was completely devastated. It Mm. literally, you know, destroyed my world for about eight months. I completely lost myself started eating pizza, drinking alcohol, um, you know, just not moving my body, letting go of my mindfulness practices. And this led me down a really dark pathway of feeling so disconnected and so lost from myself and my purpose. And ultimately, I had to be very honest with myself and say, you know, Heather, (laughs) the reality is Yes, it sucks to lose financial investments. However, um, you were so attached to the what could be the, you know, the outcome of this idea, this big picture that you had planted in your head. And unfortunately in business, most of the time we will try a thousand things and maybe one of them will actually work in the way that, you know, we ultimately desire. But I love... I love the fact that you guys decided to go and backpack and, you know, search, travel and kind of search for the meaning and purpose of your own being, your own soul calling. And ultimately, I feel strongly that when we are on our path, the universe will conspire to help us. So it sounds Mm -hmm. to me like when you were sitting on that plane, the universe was like, all right, Ashley, you trusted yourself. You believed just enough. We're gonna go ahead and and hand you this little gift to get you started. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I look back on it now with so much gratitude for
1: you know that time in my life that I was I, I was filled with so much trust and openness. And and I am in this moment as well, but you know, when we look back on young versions of ourselves and think, oh, that's so sweet that you yeah. took that step. But thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um and that whole journey was. Actually, inspired by you know maybe a quarter-life crisis, it was. Mm -hmm. We had we had reached all these goals and these these things that we had set out for ourselves in our life, and we achieved them, and really didn't feel a lot of purpose in Mm -hmm. our lives. So, you know, I think you're right. We were we were searching on that journey as well. We didn't know what we were searching for. We thought it was adventure and, you know, freedom and Mm -hmm. connection and and open. Allowed us to receive that experience. So
0: that's
1: beautiful. I love it.
0: I think it's so important for us to um, really try to be open to listening to our intuition. We always get the messages, we always have the calling, and more often than less because we are so disconnected from ourselves with our busy lives and you know maybe not eating great nutrition and not getting appropriate sleep and moving our bodies and leaning into our mindfulness practices it sometimes can be a big challenge to trust that gut instinct there's so much self doubt and i know for my own journey, the more that I stay consistent with my lifestyle behaviors that I value so much, it allows me to have clear access to that intuition and be very trusting and, you know, having the ability to believe in whatever it is that I'm feeling and then therefore be able to take the action or not take the action. Yeah. So I'm curious, being a business owner and... Um, having you know just like everyone else a very busy life how do you juggle being able to still be successful and find boundaries to Mm -hmm. incorporate the mindfulness and the meditation yeah
1: that's a great question um you know, I, I'm actually, for some reason, this, this vision is coming up. I was doing an exercise once um, in New York at a business retreat out in the Hamptons and very lucky to even be able to say that I've been to the Hamptons. It's such a, you know, grew up watching it in movies and TV shows. Right. It's a pretty surreal experience to go out there. Um, but doing this business retreat about values and goal setting and the, the coach led us through our values and our business and our personal life and I was the only person at the retreat that had the same values in my business as I did my personal life. And that moment, it kind of clicked like, Oh, I did that very intentionally. Mm. That my business is a reflection of of the things I want to achieve in my own personal life. So this this search of curiosity and this search of self-connection and Mm you know, authenticity. And you, anyway, all, all of these beautiful things I truly believe that Mala stands for are things that I am deeply passionate about. So I find that this merging is really natural in my life, not that I don't have boundaries that, you know, I know when not to work and when to close my laptop now, mm-hmm. but I find this fluidity that I live. I, I, I feel like I live the, the brand so deeply that sometimes maybe I don't even recognize that separation between myself and the company which to be fair I've done a lot of work on I've done a lot of coaching and therapy on I am not mala because when there's bad days then I have a bad day if there's good days then I feel better I feel validated as a human and that that up and down of business it is you know as you mentioned your your experience as well it can be really soul-destroying it can be those low days are really low and so to to disassociate myself as an individual from the wins and losses of the business is its own work um but I, I do, I do feel that um, I live in a lot of gratitude that I can share those values with the business that I can, like, you know, even as we're talking, I look around my apartment, I've got like six meditation sit set cushions and crystals everywhere and ball is thrown across my table. Like it is such a big part of my life that I've, I've learned to find the balance, but I do lean on outward coaching a lot. Mm -hmm. I do feel, you know, we know a lot of our answers internally, but having somebody lovingly hold that space for you to like Mm -hmm. tease those answers out. So I'm a really big fan of different um, coaching methods. And in this moment, I'm working with an intuitive coach and she's really helping me to find that balance, to find that self-love, you know, using the word self-love at mala is it's such a big term. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that really mean? How do I live that right. authentically first mm-hmm. um, and then be able to share it with this team that I love so deeply. So it's, I'm a big fan of doing a lot of self-work. So I do, I do a lot of work. I'm always working.
0: <laughs> I'm right there with your girlfriend. It's, yeah. it, you know, for me, I know that it's a forever continuous journey of trying to evolve and grow. I am a huge a huge advocate for coaching. I personally have, I don't even know how many coaches I've had at this point in my life, but there's always one, you know, a new coach. And um I I find it just very beneficial because Mm -hmm. being that we are so busy and we have a lot of things, we don't necessarily have all the time to go out and try to do the research. And so for myself I'd rather reduce the stress, free up the extra time to lean into the more mindful and you know restorative practices, hire the individual who is doing whatever it is I desire. They're doing it very well. I feel very confident going that route. I, I trust in that and the benefits I've received from it have been immense. And so yeah. I, I applaud you for recognizing mm-hmm. the value and- seeking out others and um, allowing them to hold that space. And and that is a part of self-love. Yeah, it is. It's not always, it's not, not
1: every experience is what I wanna hear either, which I find really beautiful. Um, Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes being the boss, I, I'm so grateful to be this position, but it can be very lonely uh-huh. and you don't get course corrected often. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful. I love my team and they're very open and we have a beautiful exchange and I'm grateful for the, the accountability that we have to each other, but there is something really special about somebody coming in and guiding you, um, and letting myself surrender to be guided. Right. It's a very, I can step into this place of so feminine mm-hmm. and allow somebody to just love me through whatever experience I'm in. So I'm, I'm just so grateful. I'm very, um, intentional with the coaching work that I do. So I was just working with a psychoanalytical therapist. So very deep, um I, I felt very in the masculine in those experiences mm-hmm. to go back into my subconscious, figure out where do those stories come from? Mm-hmm. How do I rewrite those stories? What are those limiting beliefs I'm carrying around now? Um, and then now with the intuitive coach, it's much more feminine experience of that's okay, good. now how do we drop into our body and really practice that change? So that's the path I'm on in this moment. Um oh, so every week that. I work with my
0: coaches. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you familiar with Jake Woodard? Yes. Actually, okay. yes, I am. Yeah. So him and I did a podcast um a couple weeks ago and by my surprise, I was not expecting or anticipating what to ha- occur, to have occurred, but he basically did some coaching with me on the interview, and ultimately, it wow. turned out to be the most vulnerable, beautiful moment of my entire life where we uncovered something so deep. I had no idea. It was such a I'm so grateful for the moment, and for what it has provided for the listeners. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to you know, check it out for yourself. The, um, the people that have reached out and said how much they were moved through this mm. episode, I feel so blessed to have allowed myself to let go of the control Open up my heart, be vulnerable, and share that with others. I almost did not release the podcast episode because I was so fearful of judgment Mm. and how it was going to come across, and I've been so grateful for the um, response that I have Mm. received for that. So anyway... um, yeah, you know, we're thing. always learning, right? And we're, the, these opportunities are always presenting themselves. And I recall in that interview, I was trying to resist it so hard. I was like, oh no, I'm losing control of the interview. Like, what's happening right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, for business owners, especially females, um, so part of this was all about me being in my masculine and why I was stuck in my masculine and how I could embrace my feminine um, essence I wasn't allowing myself to. So as business owners, female business owners, I think a lot of times we have to lean into that masculine energy in order to make mm. it all work and you know, have the kind of success that we desire. So for myself, I recognize I have to make it very, very intentional for me to allow myself to fall into that feminine essence and create those moments for myself to let the guard down, have the vulnerability, allow myself to nurture, open up my heart. And so that's a work in progress right now for myself. So um, I'm curious. So I personally have never, I never used mala beads until probably January of 2019. Mm -hmm. I decided to do a 45 day ritual And part of this practice required a tiger's eye mala bead and um, a bunch of other stuff. So I got the mala beads and I'm like, I I don't know what to do with these. I don't know where to start. I don't know how it works. It was very intimidating. So could you share with the listeners in, in the event that maybe they're curious about mala beads, but intimidated like I was, what kind of tips do you have? Yeah, of course. You know, I find that
1: meditation in general can be really intimidating for people. Um, And when I started, you know, having stepped into this journey in a serendipitous, accidental way, I didn't know a lot about meditation. And I thought, oh my gosh, who am I to run this company? Like that's its own conversation about limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome. Um, But also- can I wear this mala? If I'm not Buddhist or Hindu, how do I use this? How do I sit? If I sit down and I have thoughts, is that okay? Like is is meditation meant to be 30 minutes of me sitting there with just stillness and nothingness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most common response I get when I tell people what I do is, Oh yeah, you know what? I know I should be meditating, but I do it wrong or I've tried it once and I just don't know how to do it. So I stopped and we really have this all or nothing approach to meditation. Mm-hmm. So I'll share a little bit in, in terms of how I was taught by one of my teachers, Um, the point of meditation is not to clear all of our thoughts. It's to instead have a little bit more space between our thoughts. So if you look at meditation, if you visualize maybe a bicycle wheel and think about the center of the wheel and you have that as your focal point, your focal point can be your breath. It can be a mantra. So your mantra can be a phrase. I really like positive affirmations. Like I am enough. I am grounded. I'm love." So you have your breath, you have your phrase, your mantra, or you have your mala beads. So the mala beads become this tactile focal point. So when you're focusing your energy, you're sitting, let's say you're doing a 10 minute meditation, you're sitting and you're focusing on the center of the wheel and your mind starts to go out like a spoke in the wheel and you get out here, out to the edge and you realize, oh man, my mind's wandering. I'm really bad at this. My leg's asleep, I just heard a dog, oh my gosh, just stop, Becomes the worst meditator in the world. So in that moment that you're out there judging yourself, you get to choose, am I gonna continue judging myself or am I gonna come back to my focal point? And am I gonna come back and just let it go? And love myself, hey, that's okay, come back because in 12 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, you're gonna go back out there and you're gonna come back to your focal point, go back out there. So it's like the spokes in the wheel, you go out, return, out, return, out, return. Let's say in 10 minutes, you do that 100 times. So you have 100 spokes on your bicycle wheel, okay that's completely normal. It's completely fine. Maybe tomorrow you sit down and you have 80 spokes on the wheel. Maybe the next day you have 180 because you had a crazy morning and something's coming up for you. The next day you could have 40. So it's, it's not wrong to have all those um, deviations from your practice, but the mala becomes that focal point for you in your, in your meditation. So that can be, you know, something that you are repeating your mantra on over and over and over again. So it's this physical tactile reminder. So when your mind's wandering, let's say you've heard a dog outside on the street and you just, oh yeah, there's this physical thing in my hand. I get to put my attention into and my intention. So when you're using a mala, you're going around each bead, repeating your mantra, inhaling, exhaling, and just going around 108 times. So it's this physical tool guiding you through a practice, focusing your energy, focusing your attention. And when you've gone all the way around the necklace, it signifies a full meditation. Mm -hmm. So, and then you get to wear it and it's beautiful. So it's a bunch of things.
0: That is honestly the most beautiful explanation for meditation and the purpose of mala beads that I have had explained. I, oh my gosh. Yeah, you, you did. I mean, wow. You really validate my whole experience. So when I started trying to, I had when I was going through a master's program, my professors were like, Look, look, sweetheart, you're gonna need to lean into some restorative practice. I highly recommend doing some meditation. And I remember the first time I sat down to try and meditate, and literally within seconds, my brain was here and there. And, and I was like, What the what am I even freaking doing? This is such a waste of time. And I jumped up, frustrated, and then I didn't attempt for years, years. Right. And then every time I would make that attempt, I'd start judging myself. And so for me, when I did get those mala beads and had that tangibly in my hand, it allowed me to drop out of my mind and more into my body so that I could actually experience what I was uh, trying to achieve. It wasn't perfect by any means. And there were good days. And there were some days that weren't as great. And I would find myself, oh, shoot, wait did I, am I three ahead? Am I two behind? Like, you know, um, but for me, it allowed me to just consistently show up. And the more I showed up, the less judgment and the easier the practice got. And then there were more benefits that I received from, calming down being more connected to my breath getting out of my head and more into my body so thank you so much for that beautiful beautiful Lord. explanation i hope it i love it so all mala beads they're all 108 beads yes yes tell me the why is that yeah so uh, traditionally,
1: Malas are from the Buddhist Hindu traditions. There's 108. I, I always joke there's 108 reasons why 108 is an auspicious number. So, I think depending on who you ask, they'll have a different experience of why there's 108. So, um, you know, for some people, they look at astrology, or they look at the distance between the moon, the sun, the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is the uh, belief there's 108 energy lines, and they all go to the heart. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I favor that one. I like. Um, yeah. So there, there's a whole bunch of different reasons, whether it's through, you know, the sun, moon, and stars, that's a, a beautiful one. And one I, I read was, if you take 108 breaths in a day that you'll find enlightenment. So, you know, there, I think there's a lot of like mystical, beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, traditional stories behind that number being really
0: special. I really like that. I, I think that um, for someone who has never tried meditation, picking up a mala bead set is something that could potentially be very, very beneficial. And it's something Mm. tangible to help them hold on to, to the practice. Mm -hmm. And then wearing it
1: throughout the day. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm very honest. We don't, you don't need any of the products that we make uh, for meditation. You really just need your breath. Um, But the, the stories of transformation that we've heard of people using a mala, through their practice, and then wearing it, you know, wearing, let's say your intention is patience, and you meditate on that mala, you wear it throughout the day, if you look down at your wrist, and you see, oh, yeah, I'm wearing that, that reminder patience, do you, does the mala, does the gemstone, does the crystals make you more patient, or does it become this self-fulfilling experience where you think of it more, Um, and, you know, we've had people reach out and say, this mala has helped me through Uh, an abusive relationship a divorce through a sex change through my kids going to college and being at home by myself and empty nesting and all these experiences it becomes this this talisman this symbol this object that they meditate into and they they become connected to as this symbol of growth and i think it's it means so many different things to different people um and i remember starting you know starting the company and thinking you know am i am i just this mullet girl am i this jewelry girl and then understanding the, you know, get over yourself, Ash, and this this business is so much bigger and this experience is so much bigger mm-hmm. that, you know, the more you move out of your way, the more that you allow people to connect with themselves through this physical object. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a special experience. And I, I obviously am deeply in love with malas and, you know, wear them daily, but um, they, they are such a special
0: symbol and mean so many different things to each person. I love that. So, for the listeners who have never played around or experienced any kind of mala bead or even just maybe crystals and gems themselves, where would you, how would one get started? What would you recommend? Mm, that's
1: a great question. Um, so I, I like to keep it really simple. Just let yourself be guided to whatever, whatever you feel works. And I know that's like a woo woo answer like you don't pick the mala, it picks you. but it, it does I do find it truly um, a really cool experience when I see somebody doing it in person where they see the malas and they hover to one they pick one up and then they end up picking the exact same gemstone up on another table and there there's a reason that we're drawn to things and whether it's the color palette or you know the shine of the gemstone whatever it is I've always noticed hey, go to what you're attracted to. And then, and then read about the intention after. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people just break down, weeping, realizing after they've picked something, oh yeah, this is a massive reflection of what I need in this moment. Yeah. And there's also, you know, you can, you can um, look things up by intention too. And Hey, you know, I really need self-love in my life right now. And then whether that's rose quartz, you know, whatever, whatever it is, but I think first let your intuition draw
0: you. And then if you feel pulled between a couple, maybe then lean towards the intention that you're seeking to pull in. I like that. I I dated myself for an entire year. I leaned very, very hard um, in from mid-2018 mid to um, 2019. And I had purchased myself a rose quartz mala. And on the one year anniversary of dating myself, I decided that I was going to wrap this Rose Quartz mala around my wrist, my receiving wrist. And within, gosh, probably, I don't know, it was really funny, but within a matter of days, I ended up having a really special individual um, connect with me through Instagram. And it was a very beautiful moment. And I remember reflecting back and always saying, oh, it was the mala. I was intentional. I put the mala yeah. on and the mala allowed me to be open to receiving this new connection. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I always, I always love that moment. I'll never forget wrapping that bead around my wrist and, um, and then that. how things played out from there. So, oh, so cool. special. I love that you idea know, of dating self. Oh self. yeah. It was necessary. It was post the, weight gain, losing myself, depression, you know, financially falling on my face. It it was like, okay, well, I guess I, you know, I've tried everything else. How about I try me? Let's see yeah. how that works
1: out. Oh my god, and how often is that our last go? It's right. our last move always,
0: I feel like. i know. not always,
1: but um, No, I think beautiful. that ultimately
0: it is the last move. I know with a lot of the coaching that I do, Specifically with men women, it's so hard for them to choose themselves. We're always looking to get validated from others. There's a lot of, you know, codependency and narcissistic type of relational dynamics Mm -hmm. that are very, very heavy in today's, you know, society. And so I find that, you know, yeah, we are, we do choose ourselves last. Ultimately, I, I find that more frequent than less, unfortunately. So for all of those listeners out there, Ashley and I are encouraging you. If you're constantly choosing yourself last, now is an opportunity. We are giving you the permission like we gave ourselves to choose self-love. Oh, I
1: love it you know I'm actually making a self-engagement ring right now um with, so a, with it with a designer yeah one of my friends makes incredibly beautiful jewelry with like reclaimed stones and oh. crystals and so we met last week and we're designing myself self-love engagement ring not not to block out intentional relationship but mm-hmm. to really uh solidify this commitment to self-love and uh, you know it, it is such a big phrase self-love and I've I have a really, um, I really love my morning practice and I, and I go through gratitude journaling every morning as part that's, of
0: it. That's fabulous. And
1: yeah, and I've just noticed starting the day with gratitude and starting the day with love and kindness has shifted how I talk about myself as well. Yeah. So that whole gratitude practice has not only shifted my outward experience with my team, with baristas, with, you know, my family, friends, everybody that I meet, but the words I say to myself are so much kinder mm-hmm. and so much more gentle and so much more loving. And I thought, you know, I don't need to wait for an external person to come and validate mm-hmm. and love me. I, I really want to love my body the way it is now. I want to love my home the way it is now I want to love, my every, every version of who I am manifested physically and, you know, internally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of excited about this ring and um, and I, you know, I, I kind of already know the moment I put it on is when I meet my person, which I already, I can That's already amazing. sense it's like, you know, when you're like the food hasn't arrived yet at dinner, so I'm going to get up and go pee. So it comes faster because it always arrives when you go to the bathroom. We're like, right. I, mean, I know that this is going to happen. So part of me is like a little bit nervous to finish this. Thing, but really
0: well, sad. I have to be honest. I think that I am going to follow suit for some reason. I have been having a calling for a ring that I, oh. And I hadn't found the purpose behind it. And yes. I was married for, I was spent 17 years with my ex-husband. I've mm-hmm. been divorced a little over 10 years. And mm-hmm. I I grew up in that mindset that, you know, as I was turning 33 and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I better get, I, I need to do this now. I'm only getting older. And mm-hmm. I saw people getting divorced and quickly getting remarried. And I just thought that's the way it happened. And so- mm-hmm. 10 years later after being divorced i was like oh wait i'm not i'm not married yet like what happened i what's wrong with me why why didn't the same thing that happened for everyone else happen for me and i recognized that the individuals that were getting divorced and getting remarried they weren't necessarily in better situations they were just with different people They never potentially took the time to truly do the work, do the personal development, figure out the wounds, figure out what the triggers are, figure out what their typical reactions. And so for me, I'm very proud of myself for really leaning in very hard over the last 10 years and making that my priority. I wanted my daughters to learn something different. I didn't want them to repeat a cycle that I had repeated myself from you know, my environment. And it's so beautiful to see my girls thriving. And as I continue to work on myself and heal myself and lean more into my meditation and my restorative practices, they're embracing it like just through modeling. And it's so beautiful because my my youngest daughter is 20, my oldest is 24. And to see these these young women so self-assured and being able to validate themselves and correcting their own reactions from previous triggers. It's, I'm like, oh my gosh, I screwed them up as children, but by working on myself, it's helping to, you know, heal them as well. And for that, I am so, so grateful. So I don't remember exactly where I was going with this. I know there was self-love ring, self-love ring. Oh yeah. The (laughs) self-love ring. So I think that, you know, 10 years later, I think it's time for me to get a self-love ring. Yeah. A little
1: self-engagement. I'm kind of of excited about it.
0: I am. I am so excited for you and I hope that you please share a picture with me whenever you get it. I would love, love to see it. Um, But yeah, I'm going to, we'll connect after this. I'll get some, some tips from you. Yeah. love that. Is there a specific stone or is it going to be like a um, alchemized kind of mineral Mm. blend?
1: Well, I feel, um, I'm leaning towards like moonstone. Um, I love moonstone for intuition. Uh Um, I love sapphire. Mm. I have this beautiful star sapphire ring I got in Sri Lanka and, um, and then also Labradorite, Labradorite is like serendipity and synchronicity and, mm-hmm. you know, just how the business started for me, it was, I, I so love and believe in that gentle reminder of how magic things are without mm-hmm. you pushing. So yeah. just that reminder of, Hey, intuition and magic and serendipity. Like, so, um, I think that's where I'm, I'm, I'm leaning, but I'm also really open. And,
0: um, when it's one of my closest friends making it, so I trust, oh. I trust. Beautiful. You know, I like what you just said. Um, It kind of made me think about how women, we women, we really try to control our outcomes, right? We get so attached to expectations and trying to control the outcomes that it forces us to really lean into the masculine energies and not really embrace that more nurturing, feminine, open to receiving and loving type of. situation. So with the mala beads or with meditation, is this a practice that you th- you feel can help women mm-hmm. lean into that piece of them that they're suppressing and denying?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that <clears throat> in my experiences, meditation allows us to create the space to see those thoughts come up and to maybe see parts of ourselves that we don't want to see. Mm-hmm. um so it can get really uncomfortable and I've I've definitely been through meditation experiences where I'm like oof I don't like that so I'm not gonna do that again <laughs> and kind of avoided meditation for a little while after that uh which is why I really lean into having a coach kind of walk me through those moments mm-hmm. and remove that shame and remove that you know the avoidance we're really good at avoiding those uncomfortable moments Absolutely. Um, but but I would definitely say you know meditation journaling it's brought a sense of self-worth that I've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, and normalizing our human experiences and normalizing, uh, which is why I think some people are intimidated by meditation is because it's such an internal experience that, you know, I was sharing with a friend, it, it's, it's much like, you know, when you're going to a yoga class mm-hmm. and you look at the person beside you and they're maybe inside angle and you can adjust your hips and your shoulders and your arms based on how they're standing in meditation you know, we could be sitting in the room together and I'd look at you. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's doing so great. Why am I the worst at this? I just spiral, 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 just like I'm the worst at everything else. And, you know, and then maybe I close my eyes then you look at me and you go down that same self-judgment, but then I look really zen. And so this, I have noticed the experience of self-connection helps remove a little bit more self-judgment and um, it has increased self-worth of Realizing, hey, I do have those qualities deep in me. Even though I have some parts of me that I want to heal, I do have really beautiful um, parts of myself that maybe I just haven't tapped into, or I haven't Mm -hmm. let come, or I haven't. You know, I'm really seeking strength, and the more I meditate on it, the more I realize I do have it. Or I'm seeking worthiness or self love, or you know, it just kind of creates a little bit of space for those beautiful things to come up and and those uncomfortable things to come up, but. Um, it's just trusting that you can work through them, you know
0: so I, as you 're speaking, I recalled what I was going to say earlier, and it was about the self talk mm. I myself have found that over the last ten years, as I have really grown through this journey that i 'm so much more compassionate i 'm so much mm. more graceful i it 's so much easier for me to validate myself i did, I did something super crazy recently, and um I actually agreed to go on Discovery Channel and be part of a TV show called Dodgeball Thunderdome. I love it. Okay. So I'm thinking dodgeball. All right, I'm down. I love dodgeball in school. And so I go through all the steps, you know, do everything, the physical, everything that's needed. And they don't really give us a lot of information other than... Just think like, you know, extreme dodgeball. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be indoors. There's going to be a lot of people, lots of balls. It's going to be fun. Well, I show up the day of filming and it's in the middle of the desert. It's about 115 degrees. We're having to wear the face mask. It's so, no. I mean, it was miserable. Okay. And then, and then I see the set. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I get into? What did I <laughs> sign myself up for? Because I'll be very honest, with quarantine, I was not as physically active. I wasn't doing a lot of the things that I had normally done, especially those first few weeks. And so I ended up injuring my foot and it, com- it completely kept me from being able to be as active as I should have been. So I see this obstacle course, basically think like, um, Ninja Warrior meets, um, what was that Mad Max. Remember the movie Mad Max? Yeah. Okay. So that was the inspiration for the set design. Yeah. And it's my turn. And it was literally the hardest physical thing that I have done in quite a long time. Maybe labor, birth, <laughs> might have been the, the first. But um, so anyway, it was a grueling day. It was like 12 hours of filming. It was so hot. I had sand and mud and orifices of my body. I didn't know were possible every time I'd pull my pants down to use the restroom, Mud clumps of mud and rock and mm. all of this stuff. Were, I'm like, what in oh the hell? My so it's over. I get in my car to drive home, and the old Heather would have immediately said, "Oh, shame on you! How embarrassing! You you looked pathetic. You could have done so much better. You should have trained. Oh. You should have done da 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 da." And the new Heather got in the car and she was like, "Girlfriend." I am so proud of you. You are so brave. I cannot believe that you oh. even showed up and just did it. And so mm. it was beautiful. It was such a beautiful moment of awareness for me. I remember mm. having that that talk with myself and then being so proud, just absolutely so proud. I was beat to hell. I mean beat to hell. I had bruises and scrapes and it was muscles that had hurt that I didn't even know existed. But yeah. through all of that, I smiled, the biggest smile. My heart was so open and I was so proud because that was validation. All of the little work, all of the tiny little consistent practices I've been able to maintain, they work. They yeah. work.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I, I, love,
1: I love that story. Um, because it's also so playful and light, and you can have those big realizations with playful light experiences. And I think that you know I'm a big glutton for punishment, and I find more um, reward and struggle than ease. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that you can have that realization with with ease. Um, you know, I, I would love to to share the the unlimiting belief track. Mm-hmm. The it's been so it's been nine years since I started Mala, and I would say the most crippling experience in the first like six years was. I'm not good enough to do this. Who am I to do this? How dare I do this? Who like And everything I wasn't good enough at, I'm not good enough at, at numbers. I'm not good enough at marketing. I'm not good enough at whatever. Every single day something came up and I wasn't good enough at it in my own head. And finally I was doing this meditation and actually more judgment came on because I was like, Oh no, you're not supposed to have limiting beliefs. You're helping people love themselves. How dare you even more? And so it just became like, You can't, you can't be human. Like, you know, these, it was all in my head though. Nobody else was saying this. Um, And finally, you know, one day I had this meditation and just this voice said, you know, get over yourself, get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. You playing small and you playing in this fear is really comfortable for you right now because you know it really well. Yeah. get over yourself and get out of your way because you're robbing a whole bunch of ex- of, of experiences from people. Mm-hmm. You being small and doing this, you're not letting this person experience this, you're not, and not in this ego way of I am the be all end all of somebody's meditation experience, but in a way of if, if they hadn't found us, they'd find somebody else. I, I know that. Right. But how beautiful if I could get over myself that I could help somebody else on their journey. So that day was a, a really big turning point for me. And it doesn't mean through meditation, through journaling and through gratitude that I no longer have those thoughts. I still have them because that's normal. Um, Maybe it used to be I'm not good enough at this, but now maybe this month it's um, I'm no longer enough here or I'm no longer enough in a different category but now when I hear that negative self-talk, I can close that loop just a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. So it's not that it's not that I've removed all of those voices. Mm-hmm. It's that I've learned to maybe joke around with them a bit more or be a bit more loving, a little bit more kind, close it a bit sooner. So maybe if I'm having that spiral, I get up and go for a walk or I go into nature or I do some stretching or I do you know I know how to do a pattern interrupting mm-hmm. and then be a little bit nicer to myself because we're always way nicer to a stranger
0: or our best friends than we are to ourselves. So absolutely. You know. You know, with that being said, I do want to just mention to the to the listeners, if they don't know this. We have a 90 second thought loop. And so when we're in that negative thought state, we release neurotransmitters into the bloodstream and we become addicted to our emotional pain body. And so if we are capable of getting ourselves out of our head in that first 90 second loop, or when we recognize that we're in the loop, then we can pull ourselves and redirect the thoughts into something that is going to be more serving. That's a way to mm. pattern interrupt. And I feel that mala beads, a lot of people, because they are so, di- so disconnected from their body, when we say, get out of your head and get in your body, they're like, I don't know where my body is. What does that mean? I don't like my body. It hurts. It's, yeah. it's overweight. It's da-da-da-da-da. And so I think for a lot of people who might struggle with that, having mala beads as a tangible tool to refocus get out of the head let that 90 second neurotransmitter loop you know fulfill itself stop releasing the chemicals so that we can break that pattern and start serving our purpose and what we you know desire so thank you for sharing that i hate to have to cut this off this is so much fun you are such a beautiful human and i'm very grateful for you being so transparent and allowing us all to feel human i think it's so important so thank you for for thank for that you. we we gratefully receive that oh thank you so much I'm- just very grateful to even chat with you, and
1: um, just thank you for letting me share that um, with your audience. And I hope it lands with a few people. And thank you for your vulnerability. This has been really beautiful. Thank you.
0: So, where can the listeners find you and find Mala Collective? Yeah, well,
1: Mala Collective is our website, and you know we're on Instagram, and we are a small team, but we are so full of of love and gratitude when people reach out to us. So please if you have questions about how to find a mala, how to start a practice, we just launched an online course this week actually, or last week this week. It's all together now. But we just launched an online course about how to start a meditation practice. So how to make it as accessible as possible. So right. you know we have a ton of resources, lots of free meditations, but um, we're always here to help help answer questions about am I doing this right? Am I doing this okay? And how do I set this intention? How do I choose a mantra? So Please, please email us. We love hearing those questions and feedback. Oh,
0: definitely. I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes of the podcast to make it easier for the listeners to find. If you're not following Mala Collective on social media or Ashley, please find her. She's got such a beautiful vibe. I love what you're doing. And if there's any way that I can support you, please do not hesitate to reach out. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Daranja, And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.